Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print-on-demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Print-On-Demand cast. As always, I am Josiah, joined by Travis tonight in his house, not his office. So so the whiteboard with all the business strategies has been replaced with pictures of himself and his fantastic <laughs> wife. And I don't see what's directly behind you. I'm assuming a painting of some sort, but nonetheless, a uh, little bit of a different setup, Travis, for you there. Yeah. How you doing, man? How's things going there in uh, Casa del Ross? Going good. It's a uh, late night. Well, not late night. It's early it's evening. Later. Or late, yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we did it, you know, doing it from the house tonight, just so I didn't have to hang out at the office super, super late. Um, yeah. But yeah, things are things are going good. How's uh, how's the printing business treating you? Hey, hey, it's it's doing good, man. I was telling you before we pressed record um, that our printer that we just got fixed, uh, the first printer <laughs> we ever had which we've named our printers. If you have named your printer, please post it in the Facebook group and tell us what they are. Uh, so, so we have two printers. The first one that we have, we named Boomer for obvious reasons because it's the oldest one in the shop. And, uh, and, then, and then the newest one we have is, um, is named Locke, which is, was named because uh, Jason, my business partner, and our production guy, Theron, are huge Broncos fans. So they named him after Drew Locke. Uh. Ah, see, and I thought that was a bad mm. omen, but you know, yep. lock seems to be a little more consistent than boomer at this, at the moment, because <laughs> we got boomer fixed once. Um, and then like literally two days later, it had another issue going on with it. So our tech had yeah. to come back out, fix again on Friday. So right when we were like excited to have both printers up and running, boomer, uh, went on life support, but thankfully he kicked out. And he's doing good. So now we have both printers online. Uh, we had a client of ours uh, post a viral video, um, and uh, he sold probably uh, 145 shirts in the matter of 12 hours, and it's just been going on from there. Um, so we've been That's super awesome. busy just trying to keep up with those, like doing them in batches because we wake up every morning and he's moved another – he has another 50, 60 orders in his in his shop. And yeah. so, it's, so it's nice to have, especially in this slow time of the month, which I'm sure you can attest to and people listening mm-hmm. that are doing their own printing – the summertime is is a slow time, right? Because not a lot of people mm-hmm. are inside buying. A lot of people are outside doing their thing. So we've been um, staying really busy. And so it's it's been good, man. How about things for you? How's things going over there in your neck of the woods? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely slower, like you mentioned. Um, you know, sure. we're getting ready to probably see a little bit of um, 
increase for Father's Day. I do have a one particular I mentioned last week, I think, on the show that I was testing some Etsy ads or, or testing some Facebook ads pointing to an Etsy store. Well, sure. um, you know, like I was saying last week, it was a bad, you know, it's probably a bad idea. Well, it is actually a bad idea. However, <laughs> I used that same design and I sent some products into Amazon. And okay. um, I mean, I sent, I think I sent a case of uh, 36, a total of like 48 of these. And when you send into wow. Amazon and you send them in cases, they then distribute them to the different fulfillment centers. And, um, when they're not in stock, you know, you'll see like, a, you know, will be in stock on certain date or when sure. it does come in stock, you know, only six left, even though you have 40, you know, 40, they're just in the fulfillment right. network somewhere. But every right. time that thing, that listing said there were any left, we would sell all of them immediately. So I should have sent a lot more in because we're not even, we're still, you know, right now we're recording this. It's May 20, Monday, May 24th. And Father's sure. Day is still a couple of weeks away. Um, I should have sent a lot more in. I just know that because of you can't really trust Amazon to to really distribute your products fast, and I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of Father's Day products after Father's sure. Day. So I'm not going to send <laughs> yeah. any more in. But it's one of those things you you know you're kind of playing that guessing game, and you're not sure how well it's going to do when you're talking about specific holidays and you know products that are targeting holidays. Yeah, and uh, so you just kind of you know, you play it by ear and you, you try to figure it out. So that's, that's one cool thing that's happened. We're, you know, selling through all of those. Um, and then, but the, to your point about the Epsons, I actually renewed my warranty that's last right. week. You, you <laughs> sent us a text message and tell the people yep. what you told us. <laughs> yeah. I said, you guys scared me into this. I mean, I was going to do it, but I was like, you know, I heard last week you talked about how one machine went down and then literally within a day, the other one went down. And, and now you're telling me that then you've got them both fixed. And then an, the other one went, to, I mean, just yeah. in like repair fees and, and travel time for the tech. I mean, that's, yeah. that's gotta be like, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars probably your, yeah. your warranty's 1900. I mean, you almost paid for it with just those repairs oh, yeah. or, or you, yeah. you may have, you may have actually paid for it. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, I mean, to those listening, you're, you're probably thinking, what kind of printers do you have? Because I don't want one because apparently they're breaking all the time. <laughs> it's This This is honestly um, a, a kind of an anomaly because it doesn't happen very often. But over the yeah. last two weeks, I've as never I had mentioned, any issues with mine. Yeah. Yeah. After the uh, last two weeks, as I mentioned on last week's episode, they were running a job that was 600 shirts, the majority front and back. I mean, they worked those printers hard for, for two mm -hmm. weeks. And so for it to kind of for them to kind of give up the ghost in a sense, uh, in, in a certain one way or the other, makes sense because they were they were they were pushed really really hard. But generally, I don't we don't have a lot of issues with our Epsons. Um, it's pretty infrequent yeah. actually. But nonetheless, um, the the warranty's worth it because you never know what might happen. The yeah. print head goes out, and then you're you're you know you're out for even more money. So um, mm -hmm. for those listening, don't take this as a critique of, of Epson. Um, they're they're really reliable machines and their warranty is fantastic as you can tell and their turnaround time yeah. their service is great so definitely would recommend them um you know every time so we are going to uh, move on first travis just let you know that this episode of the uh put on demand cast is brought to you by modello stay thirsty my friends <laughs> just kidding that's that's the that's the wrong that's, kind that's of uh 
That's, that's the wrong kind yeah, of the Mexican. Not... That's the other Mexican beer. But hey, you say tomato, <laughs> I say they all taste the same. So it's fine. Uh, it'll, it'll, <laughs> and I am half Mexican, so I can say those things in, in, in today's society. Anyway, we're going to move canceled. on. <laughs> and not get canceled. This podcast will stay uncanceled as long as I make Mexican jokes. And only Mexican jokes. So, Moving right along. Or Padre jokes, uh, if you want to combine <laughs> cultures uh so we're gonna move on to uh reviews which we talked about reviews we asked you guys if you have a review of our show that's positive Mm -hmm. please leave it on the itunes podcast page we'd love to hear from you and we got two reviews and we're going to shout one out right now we're going to shout the other one out next week but for now this comes to us from mary brock uh, she titled the review insightful and fun. And of course it was five stars. Thank you, Mary. She says, as a newbie, as a newbie to POD, I found this podcast to be very informative and fun to listen to. The witty banter alone is reason enough to hit subscribe. Did you hear that folks? The witty banter enough is enough is reason Boom. alone to hit subscribe. So we'll wait, go ahead, press it now. There's been plenty of it so far. Uh, Travis and Josiah's down-to-earth approach and diligent efforts to providing meaningful value every week is spot on. Great content. Good discussions. Keep them coming. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for that review. It means the world to Travis and I. If you haven't already, please join the Facebook group. Uh, We would love to have you be a part of that community. If you're on social media, um, you're more than welcome to do that. But Travis, that's exciting, man. Uh, Two new reviews uh, from, from listeners. It's always good to get feedback, feedback like that. Yeah, I just we 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 always say it, and um, you know we don't want to beat it into the ground, but yet we do kind of want to beat it into the ground because it does mean <laughs> a lot, and and it does help the algorithm, helps people find this show. We do want to grow yeah. this audience. Um, you know, I mean, we we do put a lot of time. I mean, we were on the call yep. an hour before we actually <laughs> yeah, pressed record. record and we're going to be on yeah. this call for another you know forty five minutes sure. or so, and we do this yeah. every week and. You know, yeah. I mean, and so, so yeah, that we're, we do, you know, send out some affiliate offers and, you know, when, when we have a guest that has something and, and, um, and we do that because we're trying to get paid back for our time. We, we, right. we still do this and we have done it for, you know, I think nine months now or so every single right. week because we love it. It's 40 or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we love doing this. We love talking about print on demand, um, and we're really enjoying it, um, but yeah, we do want to grow the audience. We do want to see mm-hmm. if there's a way that we could potentially, you know, monetize this content in some way, shape or form and pay us back a little bit for our time and effort. Um, yeah. and, and also reinvest that into the podcast show and, you know, sure. equipment and, and the website. Right. I mean, if you've ever been to our website, you know, it's nothing to brag, <laughs> brag about. It's nothing yeah. to write home about. It's just, we threw something up there cause we needed it, you know? And, and, you know, sure. if you know how to do a website and you want to donate your time, <laughs> give us a call, um, or hit us up in the Facebook yes. group. But yeah, so yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying all that because I, I want to be transparent with our audience. You know, we do want to grow this thing. We do want yeah. um, people to subscribe and we want people to join our Facebook group. We want to build a community to where yeah. it's not just, you know, um, Travis and Josiah's knowledge that is, is being shared, but it's a lot of people's right. knowledge that's being shared. And there's there's a, a community of folks that you can kind of lean on uh, for your POD yeah. stuff. So very thankful to Mary for that review and would encourage anyone Absolutely. else once again to jump on iTunes, put a review in. You know, if you're not on Facebook, in our Facebook group, join our Facebook group, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that horse has been beaten. 
<laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So yes, please uh, join us. And uh, like like Travis said, it's it's good to hear because we started this uh, because we felt like there was a hole in the market and we wanted to be uh, entertaining and fun. But for a while, it was just like we didn't know what this was going to be, and we we're sending our voices out into the great unknown. To actually hear that there are people that are enjoying it is is super uh, exciting for us. So thank you guys so much for that. I just beat that horse a little bit more, but it is for you sure did. not dead. <laughs> Um, I hope we don't get canceled from, from the people for ethical, ethical treatment of animals. Uh, this is a joke folks. Okay. Moving on to the point of in this week's point of interest. You know what time it is. POD cast coming at you. The point of interest. The part of the show with Travis and Joe Sire tell you something you should know The, the point, point of interest So grab your paper and pen and jot down some notes Let the learning begin The, the point, point of interest. interest Travis, you brought this to my attention uh, And mm-hmm. I think it's a fascinating conversation to have That we're going to extrapolate mm-hmm. from a single sentence on a website that you found <laughs> But tell yeah. the people uh, what, we're, what the point of interest is this week yeah, so um, like you said, I found this uh, page on the internet, and it's literally the whole website or the whole web page has one single sentence on it, and it's basically <laughs> um, Atari, the the video game company, is suing Pixels dot com, which is a print on demand um, company that you know provides prints and different products that they've, you know, they put different images on and whatever. So this is what it says on the website. Atari is suing print on demand apparel retailer pixels.com for infringing a battery of IP rights, including trademarks and copyright claiming it sells substantial quantities of counterfeit merchandise. That's all that was said. Um, I don't know how far this, um, particular suit has you know advanced and you know where it is in the court system or anything like that i don't know if it's been settled or whatever um we did a little digging right before we pressed record and just went over to pixels and kind of we're just looking around and seeing (laughs) what they had to offer and uh josiah what did we think (laughs) (laughs) it it was um it was underwhelming i'm just kidding pixels.com if you're listening please we'll We'll have you sponsor an episode. Uh, so pixels.com, <laughs> listen, uh, it's okay. Uh, one of the things that drove me crazy, and w- maybe we'll put the the link in the show notes, I don't know, but I, I sent Travis a couple of screenshots as we we're discussing, um, mm-hmm. is, is the design placement. Travis, I remember the first thing about DTG that you ever told me. We were boarding a flight for SGIA in Las Vegas, and I had just printed myself a knockoff branded t-shirt that I will not name given the context of the conversation we're about to have, but I printed myself a shirt <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we're, we're getting ready to walk down the rampway and you're like, ah, the design's too high industry standards, three fingers from the collar. And I was like, what? Uh, so from that point on, I've always been like three fingers from the collars, but these guys, the mock-ups, whether they deliver it like this or not, but the designs are like right up on the collar. So, if yeah, you find weird. that to be your preference, uh, explain, please. Uh, I have so many questions and no answers as to why anyone would print that that close to the collar. Uh, just logistically, even sending it into the printer for it to print that close to the collar would have to be an absolute nightmare. But 
the thing about these kind of sites and and, and Travis and I, you and I were talking about this before we press record is the stuff like this and T Fury and all all of these kinds of sites have such blatant IP infringements. Like everyone listening yeah. probably has a couple designs as you're listening to this thinking I have a couple designs that are borderline. And that's I mean right, everyone right. has those designs, right? You you put a, a red stapler on a on a shirt and you stuff the keywords with office space my red stapler. You know what I mean? Like everyone has yeah, those designs yeah. that are, are are yeah, in a reference do to something. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. But everyone <laughs> has those designs, right? These guys don't even try to be discreet. I mean, you're pointing some mm-hmm. out to me, just like blatant show. They have the Cheers show logo. They've got like Elvis's mm-hmm. face with his name in the background. Like not even like trying to be subtly hinting that, hey, this is an Elvis reference. It's just legitimately, literally Elvis on a T-shirt. I don't understand right. – I, I have a hard time believing they have licenses for, for all of these right. things. Yeah, there's so many different things. I mean, we even just went and like looked on Pixels.com to see if Atari was still there. And sure enough, it's still there. Like they have, they have like, you know, like blueprint stuff. Yeah, and, and, and just some different, they have some, uh, and then they have like Super Nintendo characters, they have Mario stuff, yep. and, like all of these things. And I'm like, I mean, Maybe they have a license for it, and and we have obviously have no way of knowing that. But it's pretty shady, you know. I mean, when you look at the <laughs> the vast the kind of the gamut of the different types of um, they have like Scarface and you know uh, Rocky Four and all of these movie <laughs> yeah. pictures and video games and all of these different things. Superman just on a t shirt, you know his his the Superman logo right on his the t shirt. I mean, there's all of these things. It's just. Um, it really, it really makes me think that they probably don't, and they're just chancing it, um, you know. And yeah, right now, it ballsy. seems like, yeah, it is. It is. It, it seems like the big companies with this whole thing. Well, I just want to also say we did an interview with Ken Reel in episode nine, talking all about copyright, and he knows so much more about this than we do. Um, and copyright and trademark and licensing and all of that. So go listen to episode nine if you're interested in this. But um, it seems as though these big companies that hold these this intellectual property are going after individual sellers right now, and they send a cease and desist sure. or this, or they come to a place like Pixels, who is a single source. Um, they're not really a marketplace; they are just they are the seller of record, Pixels.com, or they go, you know, they come after the seller on Etsy, the individual seller, and send them a cease and desist, or on Amazon or whatever. Um, and they're targeting the individuals. And and we were talking about this earlier. It seems as though it's only a matter of time before these, you know, these big, I mean, these are big companies, you know, like Disney, <laughs> you know, like right. uh, Warner Brothers, you know, like Atari, uh, Nintendo. They're big, big companies that hold lots and lots of intellectual property licenses. And I, I can't imagine that it's it's just a matter of time before they come to like Amazon or Etsy themselves, these marketplaces, um, and say, right. hey, listen, you need to cease and desist on your website, Etsy. Take down sure. every instance of the Superman logo, period. You know, and yeah. and what that's gonna do is cause them to create some type of image software. I'm sure they have it. Google has you know, you can do an image search and you can find where that image is on all kinds of different websites. They're just going to do it for their website 
and then just start suspending accounts left and right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yep. it's only a matter of time before that happens. It has to right. happen. That's kind of the natural yeah. they, progression of probably this whole get, thing. They'd probably get a quicker response if they went directly to Amazon as to some of the smaller exactly. sellers who – it's more of you know they're trying to chase them down and trying to get them to comply with the with the request and you know that's if yeah. that's if the address that they send it to or the email address is active for that Amazon seller which who knows if it is you know like mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I will say too, a quick plug here for something that I actually signed up for um, this last week. License Global is doing a virtual. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, show basically usually they hand they do it in in las vegas at the same place where they hold sgia but this year Mm -hmm. it's all digital you can register for free and you can take um, classes if you if you want to learn more about licensing more about this whole industry which is the reason i'm signing up for it is because i know next to nothing next to next to nothing um and so i'm signing up just because i want to take some classes and kind of familiarize myself but then if you are familiar with this whole industry and this whole thing, you can also set up appointments virtually with these major brands that they will have there to try and secure licensing mm-hmm. deals or get pricing and stuff like that. So if you're interested in some, anything like that, it's License Global. Just Google it. Um, it's LicenseGlobal.com, and they can give you all the information. They were going to have the show in Vegas again, but just, just decided recently right. to do it virtually. Um, so hopefully next year they'll have an actual show in Vegas because I think I think when it comes to landing um, actual licensing agreements with people, I think it'd be really advantageous to be there in person and kind of get the vibe for one another and just be able to have a good right. conversation and not be so impersonal. But um, avail yourself of that too because I'm looking forward to it just because I want I feel like licensing is a good way to kind of again just kind of make your income streams diverse and the things you're doing and having the ability to sell licensed product. Um, you can charge more for it, and uh, it's just—I think it's just mm-hmm. a cool avenue to explore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ken um, Real also has some. Uh, he's been to that show before, and he's—I've had some conversations with him about that show. And he, he, for you, Josiah, might be a good person to just reach out to and say, "Hey, can what can you tell me about the licensing sure. expo?" Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome. So yeah, that that's really just the point of interest. We just wanted to kind of bring that to the to the forefront once again. Um, you know, just don't infringe on people's intellectual property. You know, I yeah. mean, that's really the bottom line. <laughs> You're going to get caught eventually. You might you might not get caught for another year or two, but it's just a matter of time before this thing really yeah. gets pushed through the courts and and um, people understand how to police it. Um, I think they're just mm-hmm. trying to figure it out because this whole digital POD thing is really new. And once they figure out how right. to police it, you're not going to get by with it yeah. anymore. And they're going to yeah. come down like yeah. with hammers. <laughs> yeah. They will break you. Uh, so yes. yeah, just, just don't do it. So uh, that wraps it up for this week's point of interest. Main event. It's the main event. All right, Travis, we're going to do, for this week's main event, we're going to talk about DTG a little more. And the listeners probably like, didn't you guys talk about DTG already? The answer <laughs> is yes. But mm-hmm. we wanted to, and Travis, maybe you can you can explain a little bit of the, the kind of idea and the genesis of why you wanted to revisit this topic. What we wanted to do mm-hmm. is do a little bit more of a deep dive on this 
particular print process. Uh, and Travis, you can tell them what the inspiration, the motivation was behind wanting to do that. Sure. So um, I recently had a, a a phone call with um, one of a, a friend that I've known or a, a, an acquaintance, I guess, that I've known for a while from the Amazon selling community. So we both used to sell um, on, you know, do retail arbitrage, wholesale and the private label stuff and all of that. Um, so we did a lot of uh, you know, we, we would see each other at events, um, et, et cetera, et cetera. So I've known this person for a while and he reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm, I have another job and, um, but I've, I've really been getting into POD for quite a while. I've been selling on, you know, merch by Amazon and doing really well with merch by Amazon. Um, and I'm thinking about moving, you know, from my, my, my job into, you know, doing more, more uh, print on demand. And I have some questions for you. Um, yeah. So I said, sure, let's talk. So I got on the phone call with him and he was asking me all of these questions about printing garments, about DTG specifically. And we talked for an hour and I was thinking, well, didn't we have an episode on that? He's like, yeah, but you know, it's kind of, I really wanted some specifics and really digging into it. And it gave me the idea. It's like, well, yeah. if he you know, wants to know more. Maybe there's other people in the audience that want to know more too. So in episode 24, we did garment printing 101. Um, and that was, you know, kind of an overview of DTG as well as some other garment, um, decoration methods. But this one, this week, we want to really, really kind of deep dive into DTG, give you some you know, some different products that we have experience with some, you know, some price points that you can expect if you are really considering moving into DTG or you're just curious, you know, what would it cost if yeah. I wanted to do that someday or what are some of the things I wanted to know uh, or need to know to, to jump into sure. that? Well, these are some of those things. So, um, so let's jump right into it. Um, Josiah, there's really, why don't you, why don't you give us an overview of kind of the steps and then we'll jump, we'll really deep, deep dive into those steps. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the, the idea is, let's say that you wanted to, to pre-treat a shirt, and we're going to kind of walk you through the steps. So you got to pre-treat the shirt. You have to dry the pre-treat. Of course, you have to print the design onto the shirt, cure the ink, and there you go. That's that's generally the process, the steps involved. So we're going to go back to the top and kind of deep dive into pre-treat. Travis, what mm -hmm. is pre-treat? <laughs> Well, um, pre-treat from what I understand, it's, it's, it's basically like salt water and glue <laughs> or some yeah, it's like a combination weird... of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically salt, like, like you say, salt water and glue and it, it, what it's doing on the shirt is, is allowing those inks to adhere to the fabric and not wash off late at a later date. And, yeah. and so you're pre-treating any garment you're using. First of all, we should back up a guess and and talk about um, for DTG. We're we're going to be primarily using cotton or um, cotton natural dominant. fibers. Yeah, so yeah. a cotton dominant fabric. So more than fifty percent, you're going to get your best. The, the closer to one hundred percent natural fiber, not man-made. So not poly, not rayon, but like an actual. Yeah. Um, you know, cotton. So the closer you get to hundred percent, the better it's going to look. Um, so you're going to pre-treat that shirt and it's going to be all wet. And then that's when, you know, we dry it in the next step. But, um, let's talk for a second. How do we pre-treat these, 
these garments, Josiah? What's the process and what can we use to do this with? Sure. So what you want to do is spray the shirt that you're wanting to print on. And it's important to get kind of an even spray, right? As much as possible um, Mm -hmm. so that the print is consistent. So the top's not bright and the bottom's faded, what have you. Uh, One of the ways entry level wise that you can do this, it's pretty inexpensive, just a Wagner spray gun. You can kind of put some of that Mm pre-treated solution in there and get a good spray, you know, put it in a little, um, put it on some, on a, on a platen or some kind of, you know, hard surface and just and spray it out uh, and make sure one thing that I will say, whether you're doing it with a spray gun or you're doing it with a, with another unit that we'll talk about. One thing that I found to be helpful is just to get it like a, a paintbrush and kind of brush in that pre-treat mm-hmm. into the shirt as well. It's an extra step might take a couple seconds extra, but it definitely contributes to a much better print um, when it's all said mm-hmm. and done. So there's the Wagner spray gun, or you can have a standalone pre-treat unit and those range in prices. So the first one that I'll touch on is this single nozzle open air, which basically means that it's a single pre-spray. Like when we first started, we had the Zippy pre-treater, right? And mm-hmm. what you would do is you would set it on the platen, for lack of a better term. You'd set it in, in there, and then you'd adjust your level, push the button, and the shelf would move through as the pre-treat was spraying onto the shirt, and then it would come back. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. the single nozzle open air version. Uh, we had that for, I mean, up until this last year. We used it for a long time until it kind of finally gave out. But it lasted for mm-hmm. maybe three years or so. Um, but an, one of yeah. those starts at about $1,500. Um, Travis, talk about um, the the enclosed version of that is essentially the same thing. It's just an enclosed. So it's, not, it's less overspray and it's not kind of as messy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, pre-treat is by default. It's like I said, it's, it's glue. It's 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 very sticky and it gets. Yeah. So if it gets on the ground or whatever, or, you know, um, it can even, if you have it close to, I've heard people say, don't keep it close to your printer because it can kind of, you know, gunk up your printer as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So the enclosed, you know, option is obviously to try to mitigate against that, um, you know, that mist, I guess, you know, kind of just going in the air and just landing wherever. Um, right. So yeah, those are going to be anywhere from, you know, it's going to be a little more because you're paying for the actual enclosure, a couple thousand dollars sure. to $3,500, depending on which brand you, it's usually going to be a single nozzle yeah. and the nozzle is going to, you know, mm-hmm. basically run the length of the shirt. You're not going to have a lot yeah. of um, control uh, with how mu- you, you basically have a, have a speed nozzle or a knob that so if you want less pre-treat you turn the speed up so it goes faster um if you want more pre-treat you put the speed slower so you you know it puts more more of the pre-treat on the shirt um and all of this all of this is going to be trial by error um some obviously some products and or some Apparel items are going to need more pre-treat. Some don't need as much. Uh, some colors need right. more. Um, there's all these different recipes. We talk about recipes a lot on the show, and this <laughs> is just another one. <laughs> you know, and you can try all these yeah, different yeah. recipes to see how much actual pre-treat each particular garment needs. Um, then the the yeah. third one, the 
I mean, there are other, uh, well, the next one on the list is like a multi-nozzle enclosed unit. And we lovingly yeah. refer to these as like the Cadillac of, pre of, of, you know, single use pre-treaters. <laughs> um, there's a Schultz yeah. model, which is the, the pre-treater four, which I, I had at one time, I since sold it. But, um, when I moved out of my last business or location, I sold that unit. Um, I think it starts at $5,000, um, but it had four nozzles, any of which you could turn off, and then you could also adjust how how far the actual spray right. went. So if you were just doing a left chest, you could turn off the second, you know, the right two, only put the left right. ones on, and only go down like you know five or six inches or whatever, however big your your yeah. your design was. Um, so you had a lot more. You have a lot more, um, you know. Control over how much pre-treat you're dropping, um, yeah. and you can save some money that way, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it yep. also had some presets, so if you do the same job, you hit the preset, it's going to set your speed and set your, um, you know, which nozzle you're using and all of that sure. stuff for you. Um, the other thing it had was uh, was it had multiple um, buckets or or bins of pre-treat. So if you had, right. you know, I have a light pre-treat and I have a dark pre-treat. Um, or I have a regular pre-treat and I have a poly pre-treat. Um, it had both of those. And then a third bucket for distilled water. So when I was done with it, yeah. I could just turn it, I could turn a knob to the distilled water and, and rinse through all of the nozzles and, uh, clean the machine really easily. So, yeah. uh, yeah. but again, it that's sweet, you know, five <laughs> to $6,000. It was a nice machine. Yeah, for sure. It was. Um, yeah. and but you, there, you don't need there are it, some... but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying there there are some single like we have a pearl single nozzle enclosed, but it does allow you to do. I mean, it basically has a thing on the LED display, so it's a shirt and it's got four bars, and you can deactivate the fourth bar and just spray, you know, this up or the top two or just one. And so that one has a little bit more control. So there are some out there mm -hmm. that have that feature as well. But the multi nozzle one is like Travis said, they are the the Cadillacs of single-use pre-treat <laughs> machines, and they're really, really super nice. You don't necessarily need it um, to begin with. Right. It's not like a, a necessity. You'll do, like I said, we had the Zippy pre-treat for three and a half years, and it did us just fine. We, pl we printed plenty of shirts on that, and it did really, really well for us. So um, after mm -hmm. you, you pre-treat it, you got to dry the pre-treat, and there's a couple different ways to do that as well. Uh, the first one we'll talk about is a conveyor dryer or a tunnel dryer. Um, mm -hmm. I will say just some personal experience, and I don't know if that we were doing something wrong or just if this is just something we discovered, but uh, I was doing a job initially when we first got our tunnel dryer, I was doing a job and I was sending them through to cure the pre-treat that way. And I would print a shirt and I would pull it off and I'd be like, that doesn't look quite as vibrant. So then I went and took it, put the pre-treat in cured it on a press, put it through the printer, and the print was a lot brighter. The white ink, for some reason, was brighter on the heat press hmm. cured one than it was on the conveyor dryer. I don't know why. If you have any idea why that is and you're listening, let me know. I, I don't know. It's just an, a weird, strange aside. But you can put them through the conveyor dryer. Um, Travis, talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the differences between conveyor dryers for a screen print and the DTG difference. Tell, what, what, what is that? Yeah, if you're going to go and get a you know, a, a, a tunnel dryer, a con conveyor dryer, um, you know, 
and you start looking online, you're going to see a lot of relatively inexpensive ones, but you really need to pay attention to, are they made for screen printing or right. for DTG? And the, and the reason is, is because screen printing doesn't require a, um, uh, forced air or air in the tunnel. It's almost like convection. Think of a convection oven that you have in your house where it right. actually makes all of the air. So all of the in, entire enclosure is the same temperature. And that's really important for DTG. Right. Um, since they're water-based inks, it really allows that to evaporate and get out of, get all of that water out of there. Um, you know, when you're curing, yeah. which is a later step, but also when you're drying that pre-treat, um, you want to get all of that, you know, liquid out of there. So you do need a forced air yeah. conveyor dryer for DTG. These are going to range in price from the, like the smallest, cheapest ones that, you know, you can only do uh, so many shirts per hour. Um, you know, like we found one for $3,300, but they can go all the way up based on, um, how much control you have, how wide the actual belt is, um, and how long, you know, it right. is and how, uh, all the different things you can do with it up to $20,000. And you can even go beyond that if you, you know, really get into some high end, um, production level, uh, dryers, but, uh, you guys have one and you guys found, you guys found a great freaking deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still to this day. jealous. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, it was a wild five. It was like a digicure, I think is what we have out there. At least that's what the, mm-hmm. the, the little sticker on it says. Um, but a little <laughs> inside baseball for those listening, my mother-in-law's father, um, used to have a tool and die company out in Indiana and they found this dryer for 500 bucks. And he, it, my her her father, uh, <laughs> took it to his shop and had him kind of rebuild it and make sure it works and it's functional and brought it out to us and it's worked like a champ and it was it was five hundred yeah. bucks. So sometimes you can find those crazy deals, which is to say, on a lot yeah. of these, I would say conveyor dryers, heat presses, um, you know that kind of stuff. You can look on the eBay's and the. Um, mm-hmm. what, who, what's the, the, what the, we, Travis and I went to a, a poker night last week and the dealer, Jose, mm. who did that, who do they work uh, for? You, gar- he works uh, for global garage. Global That's more garage, for big right. printers though. They, there are a couple other websites. Um, you know what, Let, let's, let's just post that in the Facebook group. Um, okay. so it'll force people to go to the Facebook group, but there are, I have <laughs> literally four different places that I have like classified ads that I go to, to look at used equipment. But if you do, if you know what you're looking for specifically with, you know, brand names, um, some of that older stuff or not older, but just some of that used stuff, you can get some good deals on it. Um, you know, there's a difference between getting a $500, you know, branded conveyor dryer or a $500, you know, Chinese made junk machine that they just, you know, or heat press or what, you know, so as long as you, as long as you know, like kind of some of the brands that you want to do, yeah, you can get away with, um, used. Sure. I wouldn't do it on a printer sure. <laughs> and neither would you because of no, all the things no, we talked why, about. Last no, week. that's why I did not mention the printer. <laughs> right. So Absolutely the other thing not. you need to know so, about it. So yeah, the wh- other, what the other sorry, yeah. we're, we got that delay thing going on again. So I was just going to say, you need to eat, you need a 220 outlet and you need venting if you're going to do a conveyor dryer. Why don't you tell us about uh, heat presses because yes. that's another way you can dry heat, dry the pre-treat. Yeah, so you have um, a heat press. We're talking about a 16 by 20 heat press. 
Um, you've got, you know, there's Stalls, uh, Heat Press is a brand, Geonite. Uh, Stalls is going to run anywhere from $1,100 to $2,500 depending on the, the kind or model that you get. Geonite is going to start anywhere from $1,500 to maybe $1,750 considering all those same factories, different models. There's Clamshell and there's Swing Away. So Clamshell means it's literally what it sounds like. You just pull the lever down and it clamps down on it and it, and it cures the pre-treat. Uh, and then when you lift mm-hmm. it, you can lift it straight up again. Um, and then a swing away, you have the option to actually just pivot the top Ooh. press away from you. And so it's a little bit more, you know, you don't have to necessarily do this motion over again. You can just kind of like swing it out to the side. If you have space for it and it's space permitting, it, they're really, really cool to use. Um, so you can swing away. Yeah. And it makes it a little easier to dress the platen too. Um, when you're putting the shirt on there to, to cure it or the hoodie or what have you, uh, makes it gives you a little bit more room to work with there um, for those. Yeah, there's another uh, reason that people would potentially want to swing away also. Um, because of the, the, the design of the swing away, you are com- you're, you're bringing the top platen down on top of the other one at an even pressure all the way across the entire platen. So the, right. so on a clamshell, obviously the back kind of makes contact first and then eventually right. the front does. So it's great for t-shirts, but if like you wanted to sublimate something that was thicker, like I, I know people that, um, they, they use these for sublimation as well. And they, they'll sure. sublimate like, um, uh, thicker items, I guess, thicker substrates. And so you can't really do that on a clamshell because you need that even pressure all the way down. So that's one of the reasons that some people would get a swing away for that um, because they can use it for multiple applications. Right. And then you have, I mean, there's also, you know, stuff like the auto pop ones where the timer runs out and it will pop the the handle for you. Highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have one of those here. Uh, it works great. It's kind of just uh, kind of set it and forget it type thing where you just you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about not hearing the beeper. Or you know, there's times when we when we listen to music and the timer goes off, and we're like, "Do you guys hear that note in the music?" And like, "Oh God, we're gonna scorch a shirt." Uh, so the auto pop <laughs> is nice uh, for instances like that as well. Um, so let's talk about when you know we actually go to print um, the mm-hmm. the shirt the kinds of machines that are available. Um, you've heard us talk about the Epson F2100, which is what Travis and, and I both have. Um, those start at $14,495 is about what those will cost you. Uh, Travis, mm-hmm. there's another printer, the Brother, um, mm-hmm. that will run about $22,000, $22,500, somewhere the, in there. GT, the GTX Pro. And, yes. uh, yeah, that's, that's the brother. And then there's the Omniprint FreeJet 330. You can get yep. a 330 or a 330 TX. The TX purports that it can print on poly, um, without special pre-treat. I don't know. Uh, we don't have a lot of experience with Omniprint except for what we've right. seen at the trade shows. Um, right. we couldn't at the, we couldn't find like an actual, like here, buy it here. And this is yeah, how the, much, the, um, the pricing is pretty close to the, the vest yeah. for some reason on that one. Right. But it was like, it was in the, you know, 15 K to 20 K range, I think new, um, around the same prices like the Epson or the brother. But, um, the difference with the Omniprint is that the actual printing head, the print head part or the carriage 
actually moves as opposed to the right. shirt platen actually mm-hmm. moving. And, uh, so there's a little bit different, you know, construction heard, I've heard people love Omniprint. They've, you know, a lot of good things. I've also seen a lot of, and those used, um, uh, classified ads that I was talking about earlier. I've seen a lot of Omniprints. Well, I've, t- to be fair, I've seen all of these machines for sale, but I've seen a lot of Omniprints. Sure. You can you can get a used Omniprint, um, you know, for five seven thousand dollars, something like that. And to be fair, you could probably find an F twenty one hundred for similar price, probably seven or eight thousand right. dollars used. Again, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> um, you know, the warranties really for these machines are very, very worth it. And you get a free warranty, you know, for one year, just buying the Epson right off the, you know, that same, same with the brother. And I think the Omniprint comes with a year warranty too. And they're bumper to bumper. The tech comes to you. Um, so if you say, you know, 14, 495, that warranty is almost, it's $1,900. So call it 2000, you know, you're down already at 12, 12 and a half thousand, you know, why save another yeah. $3,000 to, to buy that, you know, sure. war- that used one without a warranty. The unwarranted you know, so, <laughs> Yeah, just, just, be, just be careful of that. So then there's a bulk, you know, there's bulk ink units that are, you know, more for big time production. Brother has one. Yes. Um, that's, uh, it's the GTX Pro Bulk. And I want to say it's like 42 or 38, something like that. And it allows you to use bulk inks in the brother. Um, I don't know how much they've changed the actual internal, the GTX pro part of it. Um, like if it prints faster or does anything else, but Epson came out with a bulk printer that we've talked about on the show that I think, you know, both just, uh, you know, we're, we're fanboys of Epson, (laughs) but we're especially fanboys of the (laughs) F3070. And Josiah, tell them why we're fanboys yeah. of the F thirty seventy. Okay, well, first, I guess what we'll say, cost wise, just under fifty thousand um, for the thirty seventy. But my goodness, um, for speed, efficiency, mm. low ink cost, this yeah. takes the cake. I think um, you know they were doing. I was I just watched a video the other day where it does a a full print shirt, a fourteen by sixteen print, in about forty five seconds. Um, because it's got two, it's got two print heads, one that is just specifically designated for white ink and one that is specifically designated for color. And so it lays it simultaneously. Um, so you mm-hmm. don't have to wait for it to lay all the white ink and then go back in and do the color pass like the F2100 does. It does it all at the same time. Yeah. It did a, it did, does a hoodie in about a minute and five seconds, somewhere in there, which is just, mm-hmm. it's really fast. And so you think about yeah. the, the, the ink cost cut down and because of the speed the production time the labor cost is cut yeah. uh by by quite a bit so it's and it has an auto platen detector right it'll go in the print head will come here see it does like three it does like three little movements and then adjusts accordingly and then just prints whatever you mm-hmm. have there so you don't have to worry about changing platen height um which is another time yeah. saver so it is mm-hmm. It is the the goal. It is the the, the five year plan <laughs> <laughs> to to have to, to be doing enough volume to justify um, that that expense because it's 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 a crazy crazy cool printer. So, um, speaking of platens, Travis, tell us a little bit about first of all what is the platen, and then different kinds of platen platens that you can get for the DTG printers and what purposes they serve. Right. So you're gonna likely you know whatever 
printer you get, you're going to get like their basic platen. Usually for Epson, for instance, it's the medium platen and yeah. um, it's a certain size. And I can't remember exactly offhand what exact size it is. It's 14 um, by 16. 14 by 16. And so <laughs> then you can buy a small platen, you can buy a large platen and you can buy a sleeve platen. Um, there are companies out there that, Okay, so yeah, you asked me what a platen is, and you all probably know this already. But the platen is the actual; uh, it's it's the platform that you put the garment on, and it attaches mm-hmm. to the printer, and then that a whole assembly moves into the print chamber where the the uh, head, the print head, goes back and forth and sprays you know the ink on the thing. So the platen. Right. Basically, if you have a bigger platen because, you you know, maybe you're doing 3XL shirts or 3XL hoodies or something like that, you need a bigger platen or a bigger whatever right. um, or a smaller. Like I came over and borrowed your guys' small platen because I was doing some youth hoodies and I right. wanted to, you know, the 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 the, uh, the pocket on a hoodie is kind of tricky. And so you kind of want to cheat by dropping that, that pocket lip off so you can again get that platen as close as you can to the print head and so with the smaller platen i was able to have um you know uh it was easier with those youth hoodies to be able to print them sure. and so we knocked those out really fast with that that platen nice um there are other companies that do like attachments for platens you can get like a quick release type thing they have um certain systems where you can like get this one thing that it's a quick release and then right. you can buy a shoe platen so you can literally print like converse shoes and they yep. the way it sits there it holds it for you they have hat platens so you can you know stretch the hat and then it makes a nice real small or you know print area they have mask right. platens um all of these different things i'm sure i'm forgetting there's so many different kinds of there's platens and of, of course them. they're all they're all extra. <laughs> so start with your medium platen and print on your t-shirts and your hoodies yeah. and your sweatshirts and be okay for a while and until you yeah. get it kind of under, totally. you know, under control. And then you can move, you know, to some of these other products and some of these other um, platens because they are going to cost, you know, between two fifty and up to five, six hundred dollars sometimes just for one platen yeah. that allows you to do one more product. Sure. Sure. And we have, we, we recently got uh, the tuck lock platens. We found one again, went on mm-hmm. eBay, found one for a hundred bucks that works like a champ, um, which mm-hmm. is, which is really good. Cause I think typically they run about 500, but a tuck lock platen for those that don't know that are listening, um, when you get the, the platen in from Epson or whatever, you know, for us, it was Epson, of course, they have a little frame that you can put on the platen to kind of like you know, get the seams mm-hmm. out of the, the print area and kind of straighten it and make sure it's nice and tight. Well, with the tuck lock, you can literally just tuck it in. It's got like a rubber seal almost. That was a terrible hand motion. It's got a rubber seal that you can, uh, <laughs> taking that out of the YouTube video, that you can tuck the shirt into. Uh, and so it saves a little bit of time, but it works really, really well. So I've been super impressed with um, with the tuck cool. lock platens for sure. It's, they're really, really cool. Yeah. So that's that's about it for printing. Um, mm-hmm. What's the next What's the next step, Josiah? So we're going to do uh, curing ink, which is the next step. So if you guys want to hit the rewind button back to point number <laughs> three, I'm just kidding. Uh, the The process for curing ink is very similar as far as equipment needed uh, to to curing the pre treat. So again, you can do it through a conveyor dryer, which is what we do. Um, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's a pretty fast way go ahead 
Well, I was just going to say, what, why are we curing this ink? What is what's the what do you mean by curing ink? Am I just so curing ink is just setting it right, right? It's just setting it into the shirt permanently, so that when the person wears right. it, runs their hands over it, the ink just doesn't run. Because if you don't cure it, it's going to be a mess. So you got you got to dry the ink <laughs> and cure it to the 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 shirt, the fabric, the garment permanently. So that's why we're curing the ink to dry it. Uh, and that's why, you know, when you're doing a conveyor dryer, like Travis was saying before, the forced air to make sure that the heat is the same throughout the whole thing, because it's water-based. So you want to make sure that it dries it completely. Um, and the, mm-hmm. the, the conveyor dryer gives a really nice, good finish, gives a good texture uh, to, to the shirt, kind of almost feels like a screen print almost. Um, so really, really, really good job for that. Or you can do uh, um, the heat presses, of course. Which yep. again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, timing and temperature might be different, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's the same process, it's the same equipment needed. One thing I would say about um, a a heat press to cure your inks one um, one thing that I've noticed when we use a a heat press to cure ink, you it, it's a it, the final product is a little duller, if you will, than a conveyor dryer, and I think that's because right. you're actually touching those inks and pressing those in a little bit, you can get a heat press that has what's called a hover feature where it doesn't actually necessarily clamp down, but it just kind of hovers right above it, you know, maybe, I don't know, a quarter of an inch. And so you're getting all of the benefit of the heat, but you're not actually touching or pushing down on the image. And so you can get a little bit vibrant, more vibrant print if you need to cure with a heat press, if it has that hover feature. So that would be recommended um, for your cure, um, you know, your your cure. So if you want to... Typically, like for us, we have two pre-treaters. I'm sorry, two heat presses. So we have the pre-treat, And then we have the, the, the heat press that, you know, is going to dry that. And that's actually going to, you know, go all the way down onto it and get some pressure in there and try to really heat that thing up so we can get that pre-treat dried. And then we have on the other side of our printer, the curing heat press. And that right. is going to be less pressure, you know, even a hover. I don't think the ones we have actually have the hover. So we have a really, really light pressure to try to, again, keep it vibrant and make those prints really pretty uh, when they're when they're finished finished uh, yeah. curing yeah i would say that's the most notable noted difference for us too mm-hmm. or, or that i've seen and using the the press versus the tunnel dryer is that vibrancy um so yeah that that's probably a, a big difference in finished product either way the shirt will look great and the customer is going to be happy it's just one of those subtle differences that we'll notice or that you'll notice as the um operator so right there's other ways to decorate a shirt, Travis. You'll still need the heat press yeah. for all of these ways, but tell people a little bit. Let's touch on them. Um, we won't go, of course, long form on any of these, maybe in, in other episodes, right. but um, touch on a couple different ways that they, people can decorate a shirt using a heat press. Sure. Yeah. Vinyl. And we've talked about these in other episodes, but vinyl would be one. Um, the downside to vinyl is going to be um, – it's going to be one color. You're going to need a, um, you know, some type of a vinyl cutter and you're literally having a roll of vinyl that this machine will cut. And so a lot of people have like the cricket or the Cree cut or whatever, however you pronounce it. That's more of a (laughs) hobbyist version. We, we have a graph tech, which, um, is like probably 10 times, maybe, I don't know, 
eight to 10 times faster than a cricket in cutting. So it, it literally has a little laser blade and it just goes and cuts it, cuts it all out. You get that thing. Then you have to weed out the negative space of the design. So whatever you don't want to go on the shirt, you have to first, you pull it all off or pull that sheet off. And then there's going to be like the whole, if you have a word and it, there's an O that little part in the middle of the O, you got to take that out or it's going to be on the shirt when you press it. So all the negative space you're trying to take out. So, um, you can do multi colors with these. You just have to do what's called registration where you line them up really good. I've not done a lot of that. Um, there are some other cool things with vinyl. You can do like glitter vinyl and, and, and uh, silver and sparklies and all of that. It's still all one color, but you have, you know, this really shimmery kind of cool color design or whatever, um, on your shirt. It's good. Good. I think it's cool for like text-based designs, you know, um, Cause you can do that glitter and kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool looking. Um, the downside it, it, since it's vinyl, it's on top of the shirt. And so you can feel it a little bit. It's kind of plasticky cause it's, it's vinyl and it yeah. doesn't go into the shirt. Like DTG, the inks actually go into the shirt fabrics. And, and, uh, so it, it, the hand feel is definitely noticeable. Um, another way to decorate a shirt, uh, would be sublimation and, yeah. You know, we've talked yeah. about sublimation a ton. What are some of the things you need to know about sublimation, Josiah? So, so sublimation is kind of the inverse of of DTG in the fact that it has to be a poly dominant garment um, when you are when you're looking at what to sublimate, uh, and you can only so mm-hmm. so you can do a white shirt or maybe even like a heather gray shirt depending on the design. But mm-hmm. what you have to remember yeah. about sublimation is it's actually more of a dye process. So. There's no white ink in sublimation. Right. So if you have a design, let's say like a bald eagle, right, and you're wanting to put that on a shirt, a, a shirt, a white shirt will look great because that white in the eagle's head is going to take the color mm. of the shirt. If you do that on right. a heather gray shirt, then it's going to look like a really weird eagle because that white area is going to look heather gray, <laughs> and even more so, <laughs> even more so on a red or a purple or whatever. So you got to think light colors like white, ash white, yeah. you know, whatever that looks like. So those are some things to keep in mind um, when thinking mm-hmm. about sublimating um, the shirts mm-hmm. or so sublimating a right. shirt. Travis, we talked about this before. Right. Um, so let's talk, touch again on, uh, on DTF. We talked about that a little bit in, mm-hmm. in the last episode, actually, that we did about DTG. We did DTF because we named our yeah. notes for the show DTF and G because we're <laughs> clever. Uh, so talk, talk about <laughs> DTF a little bit and then, uh, screen printed transfers as well, as far as other ways that you can, you can, uh, decorate. Yeah, there's there's new ways coming out uh, all the time. DTF is basically um, it's another way to create like a a transfer basically um, sure. using kind of a six color product. You have CMYK and white, and so what you do is you do the CMYK run, and then you put a white top topper on it, if you will, a white ink topper, which is going to become the back at the end. Um, but you print so you print it backwards, and then you put this powder on it that um, that you heat. You use a heat press hover to kind of um, to create the adhesion. It, it basically creates a, the the adhesive for the transfer. You flip it over. You put it on your shirt. You heat press it. You peel it hot. It's only like a ten second thing. Um, it, it's really a cool a cool process. We've talked about it in the past. I won't go into it too much more. Um, 
but again, it yeah. has that, it has a, a thicker feel It has, you know, because again, it's laying on top of the shirt. Um, screen printed transfers are similar, except they're not as heavy as DTF or vinyl. Um, because that is an actual screen print you're, you're putting on it. So it's a thinner, it still does lay on top of the shirt though. So you would feel that compared to like sublimation is all it's doing is dyeing the existing fabric. It's not right. ink, it's dye. And so right. that's a really great feel, but it's, you know, it's limited to poly. Whereas DTG is more, again, more cotton dominant. Um, it's still an ink, but again, it's going to lay in the fabric a lot better. Um, but screen sure. printed transfers, you can buy those in bulk. Um, so if you have like one design that's selling like crazy, that would be a great way to, you know, just buy a yeah. bunch of those, have them stocked up. And then you can just, when you get an order, heat press only, bam, you're done, send it. Um, yep. It's that, it, that's a really good idea for like a brand that only has, you know, 10 or 20 designs and that's all they sell, but they sell a lot of them. Sure. Great, great sure. option because you don't need the $20,000 DTG and, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, all these other machines. You just need a heat right. press and an account at a screen printed transfers place to buy them from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there you have it, folks, the deep dive into DTG and a little added bonus of some other ways to decorate uh, t-shirts. Um, if you have questions about this, please let us know. And as you are all aware, there is one way. Someone resuscitate that horse so we can beat it one more time. There's only one way to ask these questions of which you may have. And that is to join the Facebook group. Printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. If you have not already, please Please, please do so. That's where the conversations happen. That's where your questions can be asked and answered, not just by Travis or myself, but by the community there. Um, so again, printonamancast.com slash Facebook. Uh, or you can email us at info at printonamancast.com. But if you email us, you're going to get an automated answer that says to join the Facebook group. That's a joke, but that's not a bad idea. Uh, so no, you can email <laughs> us and we can also answer the questions that way as well. Uh, and again, uh, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, but we're not just on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Anchor. We're on nine platforms in total. To be honest with you guys, I didn't know there were nine podcast platforms out there other than <laughs> like Google, Spotify, and Apple, like the big three. But please uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Helps the algorithm, helps mm -hmm. us get into the right hands of the people who need this information. Um, but before we take this thing home, Travis, anything else you want to say before we put a bow on this? No, I think we've said it all. I think we really took that deep dive. I think it was good. And um, I'm sure there are plenty of things we've left out, um, plenty of other yeah. uh, great pieces of equipment that we weren't able to get to. Um, and you know, maybe as we have other people on that have more experience, they have, you know, different experiences, we can bring those things to light. Sure. But um, this is, you know, this is, you're getting our knowledge, guys. And we have never been shy about saying that we don't know it all. <laughs> There's so much more to this. And yeah. we're learning yeah. more and more every day, which is one of the fun things about doing this podcast, because we get to share it with you, share it with each other, and uh, talk about what we do, you know, which is, yeah. we really enjoy doing that. So thanks for listening. Absolutely. The only claim we ever make is that we are your local podcast professionals. And even then, that's a stretch. Uh, but we thank, you guys. we thank you guys so much for joining us again this week on the Print on Demand cast. For Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. 
Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. Sorry, it just <laughs> sat on zero forever. And it I was did. Like, it was like start recording. Beep, beep. It's like it's that bomb. Away. It's like Code. the bomb's yeah. about to go off, and like <laughs> it just hangs out at one second, you know, for way too yeah. long, and you, and then you die. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the print-on-demand cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.